Tuesday night edition of One More Round. How are you, lads? Not too bad. How are you? Hungry. Hungry, yeah. I think, I think oh, I was starving before I came out here. Um, <laughs> I put so, on a bit of a spread. You put on a fine spread for us, Chris. The best, the best one we've had by a mile. Did you make it yourself? Well, definitely the best one we've had pre-7 o'clock. Pre-7 o'clock. No, it's not right, Stephen. According to Stephen, you can't get there before 7. I'm busy in work. <laughs> <laughs> Got here earlier than I did today. Yeah, today was a bit of a piss day. <laughs> <laughs> Um, jumping straight into it, Chris. I know you're keen to talk about Michael Oliver, but um, <laughs> and so it's before that. Um, the question. So there is lots to talk about this week, but uh, last weekend there was lots of red card red cards in the Premiership. Uh, some teams fought back and won. Liverpool, you'd be happy with that. Some salvaged a draw. Arsenal did well against Spurs. Uh, Stephen, some tried to play defensively and ended up losing the game. <laughs> That's the end of it. Um, what I want to know is which clubs received the most red cards in the Premier League. So in the history of the Premier League, there's not consecutive games now. This is just Premier League. Doesn't matter if they left and went to another league. Doesn't matter exactly, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Spanish teams involved in this, or if they're in the Premier League, sure, but they weren't. (laughs) Just checking. But he's got that. I do. Cool, cool. Uh, So first thing to talk about then is the Premiership and uh, a good weekend of Premier League football. And so you were the happiest out of me, you and Stephen. You were happiest there, Chris. Yeah, definitely. Uh, I don't think we played. Well, I think probably improved with the Milner red card. Because <laughs> you did, you, you, did you try harder or? It was definitely like I think we tried hard throughout the game, like without much end product. But I suppose the sending off did have a galvanizing effect. Like the team did put in the extra bit, and maybe Palace sat back and thought the one nil was enough. Maybe uh, it still did take an, a big error from uh, Alex McCarthy for us to get the equaliser. So a goalkeeping error for the equaliser, and is it fair to call it a dubious penalty? I suppose that's <laughs> one I think my initial reaction was it was a stonewall penalty, and the Mariner didn't give it. So like I was well, he didn't. The shouting at the referee. <laughs> <laughs> then the linesman gave it. Benteke very coolly slotted it away, and then depending on who you ask or what angle you see, there may have not been any contact. Or and I'm asking you right now. It was well, definitely a penalty. <laughs> <laughs> it was a penalty because the ref gave it. That's the only reason. The ref didn't even give it. It was the yeah, last time he gave it. Um, no, it's not. The only, there's, there's basically no contact. If Delaney does touch him and it's enough to not knock him off balance, then... I think we're, we're always going to have these conversations about was it a penalty, was it not? We always go back to kind of, was it an Elka jumping over the keeper? Or not an Elka, um Remy, was it, for Chelsea? Remy, Remy yeah. Jumping over the keeper, and so we're always going to come back to these things. Remember, there's kind of a, a dubious penalty in this sort of situation. But the dubious thing is there very no, dubious. Like, if he wasn't touched, it was a dive. Like, there's no, like, he he tried to hurdle the tackle. The tackle came from behind him. Yeah. yeah. So, either it's a penalty or it's a dive. Um, 
depend like maybe the knee touched him. It doesn't like it's the evidence is inconclusive. I think that's what it looks like. <laughs> yeah, the thing is, if if the knee does graze him and as he's putting his foot down, it causes him to kind of his ankle to twist or something. And like, then maybe that's there's the no law that says he has to stay up. If there's minimal contact, he's entitled to go down. What we would have liked to see here is kind of the ref asked the TMO any reason I like, can't award the penalty would, would, that, would that have been but the thing is, or, think, or penalty no, yes or no I think it's still down to those two it has to be the linesman and, and, and the referee because going up to TMO it's just adding a third person for something that's it's not done well so you're just adding more people into it and well it was the it was the difference between three points in Liverpool and or, or a point for Liverpool yeah but the ref didn't give it and yet his linesman overruled them so the ref must have been happy, or London wasn't happy enough that it was a penalty. And the ref was happy enough that it wasn't a penalty. So, I, I would say though, I know, I know this isn't really justified, but there was an incident earlier in the game where I thought we should have had a penalty that we didn't get. I think it was Lovren goes up for a header and he's like just completely pushed out of the way. And I, I don't really agree with the, with the saying that like they even themselves out over the course of the season. <laughs> but in this case, I feel that we were entitled to one penalty in the game. We did get it. Maybe like. I watched bits. Of the game. I watched the game actually, and I know, like in most games, you there could be arguments that Palace could have been awarded a free kick in a, in a in a good area, or something like that. There's always these things that come back to and fro. But I suppose that's why we like the we love the game so much is that these things kind of. I think the thing is that if you're winning one 0 against a team with ten men, you have to put the game away. You can't leave it in your hands of the referee. That in the last minute, if there's a dubious penalty call, that that it's it's for. It's a consolation penalty to make it 2-1 as opposed to a potential winning penalty. If Alex had scored the second goal and McCarthy didn't kick it to Firmino, then it doesn't matter. Yeah. So, yeah, you kind of, not to make your own look, but you have to put it beyond one refereeing decision or one dubious call. And Alex yeah. didn't do that. Yeah. Um, so, you happy enough with the win, I suppose, Chris? <laughs> the day, that's your take. Definitely. It's a, it's a tricky place to go, even though they're not in good form. Yeah. And you have an awful record there for them. Yeah, we do. And even though we had the lion's share of the possession, the better chances did cut fall to them. Yeah. Prior to, yeah. to, um, to Firmino, have scored. I think Benteke should have scored when he came on. He had a, like a volley within a minute or so coming on. It was mm. not the easiest of chance. We were hoping he'd get a bit more on it, but yeah, yeah, delighted with the win at the end of the day. Yeah, I suppose and leading into the United game puts you level on points for United now for them losing as well. If, if we if win our game, hand, if you win your game in hand, but we, yeah, the. Who's the game around? Newcastle? No, it's Chelsea. Slightly <laughs> oh. <And laughs> different. <laughs> Chelsea and Everton, I think. Oh, then, okay. Because we'll have, we'll have two games in hand after this weekend. Yeah, yeah, okay. So it, it's not the gimme that I thought it was in Newcastle, but... Although, uh, if it's Everton, then it probably is a gimme. Well, hopefully Chelsea will be going for the FA Cup at this stage, so they might rest the team mid- midweek. If the... you'd, you'd imagine they're out of the Champions League come that game, yeah, so... Terry's out as well for tomorrow. He's lost because they haven't got either yeah. after the horrible injury against United. So that is a big loss. Yeah. Um, if only they had a 50 million euro <laughs> central defender to call him. If only, if only. But speaking of the United game on Sunday, um, United back to their old ways under Van Gaal again, Stephen? Yeah, defensively. I just, I just, I went away from home, so you set up early on to, to not concede and then try to hit them on the counter attack because they have fast players and then they're sending off. I just, you, it's hard to fall them when you get a player sent off in the first oh, half hour. Was a stupid oh, if I was a United fan, I'd be absolutely furious he, with that uh, second yellow card. Well, especially like he just lashed out. Well, the first one was stupid as well. The first version was stupid. The second yeah, one, fair enough, when you're on a yellow card, that, that was just he just hacked at him 
like it's not <laughs> like he had pulled out. He was going for the ball. Then realised it was a yellow card. You don't do that. And it was what three minutes after. Three minutes later. Three minutes later. Yeah. So like. For his first card. red card ever in his professional career yeah. in United first yeah season. and then you can't blame someone for for making a mistake or, or two mistakes um, did put us under pressure didn't look like scoring we still never look like but like it, it, even in the past I know it's, it's like easy to say like under Fergie and stuff in the past but we still would have attacked whereas the substitutions he made he brought on defensive minded players and stuff and as we'll probably talk about afterwards you've got the Spurs-Arsenal game where Arsenal went down to 10 men they still kind of went for it everyone went down to 10 men scored a second goal and kept pushing now I know they lost the game as well they didn't lose the game but they tried and I'd rather see like, I hate to see United lose but I'd rather see them try and it just didn't look like we were trying I wouldn't say they weren't trying but I think they've gone back to how they were playing I think the last couple of games they've been another freedom I, I don't know why but even able to attack teams and I feel most of them were at home or against lower league opposition. I so. think that Arsenal game did paper over the cracks as well because Arsenal oh, it were did. extremely oh, it, it did. poor in that match. It did. They were um, extremely poor and still managed to score twice against us. Against like, Watford it took a, a matter piece of brilliance in a free kick so like we're not we haven't suddenly become a, a top a Champions League contender in the last month. We've got some good results but and like, the defence is is patchwork. Like There's so many players missing the Eventually, it's going to take it. Like training that. regime, or no, no, you can't say that. Like you can say, early in the season, Klopp had the same problems. In mm. Arsenal, had the same problems. It's, it's, it's a bad bit of luck. You can't really. It's not the only reason being either it's demise, but like, we one play West Ham as we get down the cup, and like they they could put a put a score on us. I don't think we're still reasonably solid defensively with all the injuries, like. The one thing has we do have so far is that defensively we're not getting three, four knockbacks apart from the first Arsenal game. Yeah. Um, I'd say it's it's in our favour, isn't it? Mm-hmm. So we'd still be slight favourites, but I wouldn't be surprised if West Ham did turn us over. Yeah, yeah. Um, but then the one that lost kind of we were level on points with City on one stage, like thoughts of getting that top four. Creeping, you were talking about winning the league there, Stephen, last <laughs> week. So, uh, slightly tongue in cheek, to be fair, but um, so that's kind of not United fans back a peg or two, yeah. But it, it, it shows our, our true level four wins in a row were nice, but we have to factor in one of them, Shrewsbury, one of them is Midland, so not exactly Watford, the team just got promoted, yeah, and Arsenal, so you know, a really poor Arsenal, but yeah, so I think Arsenal in February is like playing Wickham, <laughs> yeah, exactly, it's, it really is a difficult normally. So uh, Arsenal were on Saturday morning, early kickoff, the most hyped, most anticipated North London derby in Premier League history. Yeah, it was very enjoyable. It was. was. First half kind of was a bit quiet. I thought Spurs started very well. I think Arsenal took the lead very much against their own play. Nice little goal though. Lovely um was it was it Bellerin? He got the Bell- two assists. Bellerin, yeah, he, he, he got the two assists and Ramsey with the flick. Very yeah. clever, like you would expect most fullbacks to just kinda of try and put their foot through it, but over the bar. In, I'm not sure that that was a wholly intentional. <laughs> it was meant to go to Ramsey. It wasn't it's meant skeptical. to go two meters behind Ramsey. I think we're given the benefit of the doubt. Yeah, day. I think the second goal you can say, yeah, good assist. It was first from the general vicinity of the box. Yeah, there. no, that, that was. He could have been going, He could have been shooting for all we know. Yeah, could have been shooting. <laughs> it is possible. Um, yeah, like I said, lovely finish, and then another sending off. Another sending off, and it goes and and Wenger, even the, the guy who doesn't see most things, even he couldn't complain about it. <laughs> um, no, it was a, 
a ridiculous challenge like, he was, in, a, in a nothing area in the pitch. Exactly, but there could have been a couple more red cards in that game as well. Dyer should have gone, and I think Bellerin should have gone down as well. So I think was it was around in the first half. I think I heard the commentators on BT saying like Oliver hasn't put a foot wrong, yeah. and it reminded me of a few years ago <laughs> when you said like he was a good referee, and I think he just proceeded to prove the commentators wrong for the rest of the game. <laughs> I still think he's a good referee, but really. <laughs> I do, I do. I'll stick by it. I still think he's a good referee, but like. I also think Jerome Garcia is a good referee. Excellent. But yeah, it's, 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 it's tough doing games like this, but he got that wrong. I don't know, like, fair enough if he missed it. But when he gives a free kick, for, especially with that dire one, like, yeah, how can he justify not giving him a yellow card? Is it? What's the free kick for? Is it not for pulling the jersey back? <laughs> I do, I, I think the only thing is. is it's it's a derby game, and I think he wants to let quite a lot of referees are afraid of booking players early on, such that you have 13, 14 yellow cards in the game and possibly sendings off. That's the only thing I can think of. But this wasn't early in the game; right. it had already been a sending off at that point, though. That's true. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe he didn't want more red cards. I don't. Know. I'm trying to help him here. He's, he's, got, he's got a quota that he has to stay under. <laughs> I thought Arsenal did well in fairness, like when, when they went two one down, like to rally back. Yeah, because they always could have done better for Sanchez's goal. Yeah, I think Spurs maybe you could put them in the bracket of not killing the game off the way Palace did when they had the man yeah. advantage. But yeah, Harry Kane set the second goal though was a cracker. Oh, oh, yeah, that was super. Deli Ali just should have just put the ball into his head though. Yeah, that's yeah, that's the thing. I think one thing you look at Chris Smalling, it's something he does very well. He doesn't take out on the stupid risks often. Even even like you might think he can turn and put the ball on, but he'll just put out because it's for that one time like you make for that one time you make the mistake, it costs you a goal. And I think he's a lot more comfortable as well, like going into the channels. Whereas Murtazakar looks very out of place. Smalling has a good point. He looks out of place anywhere he goes. That was just the channels. <laughs> Um, but yeah, Arsenal battled back, and I suppose Leicester were the team who enjoyed that result more than anybody else. Yeah, they, five points clear now. It's it's nine games to go. Yeah. <laughs> there are no more excuses. There's no more reason as to why they can't do it. If they, they don't, don't do it, it. Is, it, is it a bottle job? Yeah, five points clear, nine games to go. Yes, it is. I don't know. Is it just, I still experience. think there's teams close enough behind them with better players. So it's, City, it's hard to say. Like City are ten behind. I suppose if, uh, if City yeah. catch them, you could say no. But is it a false job or is it a lack of experience to deal with something like that? Considering this time last year they were still well, like they're a team of overachievers. Like oh, if yeah. they start achieving their level, then they could and they could fall away without being like bothered. No, but if they if they start achieving their level, say they pick up one point three points a game. So that's still enough to win this league. I think their next six fixtures are quite reasonable, mm. quite favourable for them. It's the last three that, like, like United will not be in the title hunt. We're playing them at the second last game or third last game of the season. If you're Leicester, are you afraid of that game right now? You're talking with my eyes and Chelsea, but realistically, look at where they are right there. You're talking about sixth and uh, in tenth. tenth like you're not talking about title contenders right now, so it's still United and Chelsea though. But if it was Spurs and if it was City and if it was Arsenal, you're talking about the team in form this season. United aren't and won't have anything to play for. They might be they in might have tough they might be in FA Cup. United, the way they play, might suit Leicester as well. Like you, you're not playing right, but you will come forward. You'll try and attack. Depends. <laughs> Depends which United comes in. Um, if, if they play the way they did at the weekend, then. It might actually be very hard for Leicester because they'd, they'd, they'd have learned from the 5-3 last year that if you could do Leicester give this team... Leicester don't have Cambiasso anymore though. 
No, they've got Kante. Kante, yeah, who's a very good replacement. <laughs> Quite a good replacement, yeah. Um, but yeah, so Leicester, will they do it? Yes. Yes, the definitive yeah. answer there. I think so now. I think if it was if City were within four or five points and they got the Bruyne back, you think so they, they have a game in the they could go, Yeah, they could go to, they could, to seven. You know, yeah, that's still, and that's still three games swing. You know, if, like I said, if they were playing City... And City's next game in the Premiership is United. At home for them. Mm-hmm. So, bear in mind, the, the little draw at the start of the year, City went played for a point and got it quite comfortably. Yeah. I think if they go and play for a win, it's a big game. Van Gaal have a good record against the kind of top four or top six. Or the, 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 what you class the original top four or top six. Like I saw like a form table there and we're second in it. I think that yeah. those kind of games suit yeah. him because he can set up defensively without the fans and getting on his back. He's not as much. Exactly, exactly. So like if you get a boring 1-0 one, one win against Man you're, City, you're it looks a lot better it. than if you get a boring 1-0 win at West Brom or something like that. Oh, we, we got a boring 1-0 win at home to Watford during the weekend. The fans are kind of on his back a bit from that. So yeah, I totally agree. Totally agree. Um, that's kind of just a quick recap of the, of the Premier League games. If, if you kind of Point, top of points I heard and kind of coinciding with Newcastle losing again so they lost 3-1 to Bournemouth yeah um, it was top McLaren today it, yeah. it hasn't happened but David Moyes favourite I love the, the video Paddy Power keeps sending around him jumping off the chair <laughs> <laughs> David Moyes jumping off the chair yeah it's brilliant <laughs> like the, he's been rumoured to get the Newcastle job so here's a video of him jumping <laughs> off the chair any, any time coming Moyes they'll just roll that out but like is McLaren like just not the right man. Is he failing at the job? He's not good enough. What what's what's happened to Newcastle? Or the players not good enough? Or what? I, the players are good enough. It's the club. I think. Is it like Ashley? Is no one got in there in the last decade and it has been able to do a very good job apart from Chris Sam. Eaton. Chris Eaton. Sam Allardyce did a good job at Newcastle. Yeah. Party did did one. He got them into fifth or something. Yeah, and then collapse the season after because, because the investment was, wasn't forthcoming and they sold they their sold best players like and stuff like yeah. that I think they've spent money though this year that oh, you've yeah, like got to look at I think 75 manager. million was the figure he's like he probably deserved the job a year before he got it because Derby were going really well Yeah, they collapsed and I don't think they made the playoffs they well even if yeah, they no, didn't no, get, no, no, get out I think they had a poor second season and then he still got the Newcastle job on the back of that. Like he was probably on the merit of the season before that. And he's they pick up the odd good win. Yeah. Like I know they, they look very good against us. We weren't playing well at the time, but they got a good but win they against beat us. Chelsea at Stamford Bridge, they drew United at Old Trafford. Like they're picking up points here and yeah. there, as you say. They beat Spurs as well. They've no consistency, and yeah. he should be doing more with the players he's got. I thought Shelby's pass that was unbelievable. <laughs> <laughs> He does come up with these magic, magic moments. Like he had one in the debut as well. Just a stunning crossfield ball. But he's not going to do every game. He, the weird thing about it, he was captain at the weekend. Was he? He was, he was their captain. He's, he's something played, like their squad though, doesn't he? He's played what? And five games? Game, not even 10 games no. and he's their captain. He's what? A 22, 23-year-old lad. Like. Are they afraid of Lord Voldemort? <laughs> Are they like his, is he their best player? Um, no, when I was the best player. Was he, he wasn't even playing, was he? Uh, they had was it Iozzi oh yeah was was players, yeah, yeah so I don't think we're not even injured you'd imagine so like, you'd imagine you wouldn't just yeah. come on the bench like um, Bournemouth so, are they safe? 
Yeah, eleven exactly. points clear. Yeah. I think. Yeah, I think Barry. I called it. I called it. At the start. <laughs> and one for it right here. And yeah, yeah. You, what did you say? Um, I don't remember. Villa. <laughs> I seem to think you also called Ranieri for the yeah, fact. Yeah. So let's not go with that one. No one won that. No one. Yeah. yeah. No one won that. Was Ari, uh, Dick Advocat, first yeah. manager gone. He was not sacked. First manager gone. Uh, he saw the Adam Johnson thing coming down the road. <laughs> but. Uh, David Moyes, a good fit for Newcastle. Got been sacked from his last two jobs. Moyes has been a good fit for them at the end of the season. I think coming in now. No point going there. Like they've only nine games. If they get relegated, him. will he still go to them? I don't think he's got that many options. I think he, he might take that job because it's, it's still a big club. Fifty thousand fans. Yeah. yeah, he may have the option at Everton if he waits to the end of the season and they decide like that could be interesting. Eric. Martinez yeah. is just not delivering. Like attractive football, and but not mind, getting them anywhere in the title. Which is very mind they've also brand new owners who are coming in. If if it's just seeing what what happened at the weekend, where with two 0 up, now I'll, I'll grant that ten men, but two 0 up, fourteen minutes to go, and you throw away at home at a two 0 lead. It's I think if, if, it's you, very, t- it's if very you take important. the man disadvantage away, like that's their season in a nutshell. Like yes. play well, yeah. build up a lead, but score goals, yeah, can't defend. Too many goals, yeah, yeah. I am. Um, you mentioned their dick advocate. About Adam Johnson case, see the Sunderland CEO quit today. Yeah, because she didn't suspend. She knew them. about it. Yeah, she knew about it before went to the trial and stuff. It's, it's, no, it's, it's not even that. It's the fact that's that that's what I heard as well. But I, I did know that she didn't suspend him when like it happened and stuff. Yeah, and he's still, still playing. Like he was, and he was still kind of meeting children and all. Because that was thing, like two three weeks, two months ago. I remember seeing him play matches and it's like, why is he playing for Sunderland? Surely they just put him on guarding leave or something mm-hmm. where he's not in the spotlight. And then if he's found not guilty, then. Fine, Re- reinstate him. Still pay him because I think legally you have to pay them because he's still innocent. But innocent, don't have him, then. Yeah, don't have him on the pitch. As it's basically your ambassador. Yeah, like every player on the pitch should be. It's. I was listening was to on. a couple of different kind of people talking about it, like on the Sunday supplement, and they reckon that even after he serves his his time, there'll be a club that will take a chance on him, or at least try to. Like the, the quality of the player that he is, because he's better than Chad Evans. Well, yeah, he, he definitely is. Yeah, what age is he now? He's 28. Well, not if he's 38 coming in. But it, it, it does depend. <laughs> it's like, there's a sentence for, I think, 10, 5 to 10 year sentence. So if he gets 10, it's not out of the question that he'd be out in 5. In which case, still a 33 year old player would be better than a lot of the lower league players playing. A 33 year old child master is very different than. I'm not, I'm not advocating, but I'm saying there would definitely be clubs that would at least try to. And then maybe, I'd, I'd maybe outcry would up. stop them from actually signing them like Chad Evans. Yeah, I did. It doesn't like. Yeah, there might be one who kind of raised up the flagpole, but I've I can't see ever playing football again for any at any level. I would certainly would. It wouldn't be surprised if there was a story of a club looking at him, say even after. that's just for publicity but, or whatever. But half the time that'll be his agent. I then mean, we don't know the whole Chad Evans. We don't know how much that was his agent trying to get his name back in. Well, he was definitely training with teams. Like there was definitely oh, something was in Sheffield. Like, yeah, because they even came out after a couple of the sponsors pulled out saying that they were still going to sign him. Yeah, and then there was more fan outcry, and they said, "Look, like this is just it's not worth it. Bad for our club. Like we can't be seen to be associated with it." It's kind of embarrassing though if it has to be told that. Yeah, that's the worrying thing. <laughs> Um, one last thing I, I read during the weekend as well there that apparently Chelsea are considering Pochettino to be the new manager well, as Great a United fan I'd, I'd be thinking the exact same thing he's the next up to Chelsea no <laughs> 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 
you're looking for an up and coming manager who's someone who's willing who knows the league yeah someone, and someone who looks like the best manager in the world aren't going to come to United right now so you look below well I'm preferring the one they don't want to give the job to um, <laughs> I, like I said yeah, he's, he's spent time at Southampton done well there spent time at Spurs done well there I if, I, if you take away United out of it I'd like him to stay for a couple more years at Spurs to see what he can do see if he can, can win the league with them Maybe this season, but, this season, but but turn Spurs into a big team, and and kind of, and then a couple of years he can go to a proper team abroad. I think if you look at when he left Southampton, like very ambitious. Like once the bigger club came in, he left. So like Southampton, Spurs, either United or Chelsea. Like even though you're not having the best of season, you're still a step up. From Spurs, Spurs will be Champions yeah. League. The other two won't. It's still a bigger it's job. Still a big, well, it is, but you can wait another year at Spurs. And then if Chelsea or United are Champions League next year, you're going to the big club. Or, or get a blank check at a bigger club with an extra year breathing space without the expectation. Yeah, no pressure on doing well. In like if, if he goes to United, like they'll probably give him a quarter of a billion to spend, or like close to that. Yeah, but you're to get at, his own players. And we looking at the team who finished seventh, then fourth, then right now sixth. There's a lot of work to be done there. Now there is. Young players. I suppose the one thing he, he could look he at. Likes and with young that's that's well. what I mean. It's the one thing that he'd have at United that would maybe make them favourites over Chelsea. Even though they have a good youth system, they don't come through. Whereas United brought through, I think it's 15 in Van Hal's time. So there would be a core nucleus of young players there he could work with. But he already had that at Spurs. Like, why? Like, yeah, it's more money for him. But why not say Spurs the extra year? A better club. I think, like, United and Chelsea United had club? poor seasons, but they'll come again. Like, if you're to look over the next 10 United years, had three I'd say both them. of those sides would finish ahead of Spurs more often than behind them. Yeah, but that's on, on the assumption that Pochettino doesn't leave and turn Spurs into a Champions League contender for the next five years. If he's capable of doing that. I think Spurs have done well this season, but I think, as you said, United, uh, Chelsea, Liverpool, like these, these are clubs in the past that have been competing for the top four spot. None of those three are realistically in contention. For a top four slot, you're, you're kind of looking at Leicester, Spurs, Arsenal, City, West Ham. Right, yeah, yeah. And the other thing is, like, Spurs are having a good season this season, but they're doing well in a league that's underperforming. Exactly. Like, if you've got City, Chelsea, and United at full capacity, Spurs are going to be looking up at them. Exactly. But there's no guarantee that, that they're all going to come there's back. No guarantee capacity. of anything in football, but the no, likelihood is that they've gone from the fifth last season. Spurs, they're now going to be. Top three at the worst, you imagine. They won't drop below that. But I think I agree with Gary saying that a safer bet that if you said over the next 10 years who will finish higher, more often than not, Spurs or United slash Chelsea. Unless he turns Spurs into a team that are consistently competing for the title, which is but what he's capable of. History like, shows that Le- Levy will sell like his best players. And if we go look at history as well, yeah, Pochettino might go on to the bigger club anyway because he, he left Southampton to go on. Exactly. If, if it's not another job in England, I, 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 I don't think it's the guarantee. Maybe Atletico if Simeone leaves or something like that. If, if, he, if he went to like Chelsea or something like that, then he could certainly Pochettino could possibly go to Spain. Yeah, but Chelsea don't have that kind of crazy money or crazy spending advantage that they used to have. United do still have it because of their marketing campaign, but I, yeah, he might well move. But I think that at this moment in time. Next season, the Spurs looks far more promising than the season after. Knowing he, if he's still a good manager in two years' time, he could walk into a number of jobs. Better, bigger than United right now and bigger than Chelsea. I suppose it's a case of backing yourself if you, if you think you're good enough and you'll do another great season. 
yeah, next season. Whereas, what if he has a great season and doesn't do as well and they finish fifth the season after? Would, would he get the chance? Like, what happens if the chance of the United job doesn't come up the year after or the chance of the job doesn't come up next season? I think you have to look at and back yourself and, and be confident enough to go, look, I'm a good manager. This, is, this isn't a flash in the pan. His progress up the leagues or up, up the Premier League with Southampton and Spurs indicate that he's one of the best managers in the league and next season he gets a chance to prove it in Europe. If it doesn't work out next season, then you know, he may have to wait for another year or two, but I think... So it's like backing yourself. Yeah, I, I, and, and also having just... He spent two years building this team and this mm-hmm. team is now ready to to title contend. It's still from a young team as well. Exactly. I think it's one of the youngest starting, starting teams in the Premier League. So, I, if I was him, I'd stay next year. But like you said, there is a, a temptation of beer club and money, but those two beer clubs are not better clubs right now. Right now they're not, but I think, as Chris said, kind of history has shown they will come back more than likely. Yeah, I think especially if Chelsea aren't in the Champions League next year. Just focus on the Premier League. They would be league favourites probably or yeah, depending on the summer they have. Like, but we don't know. Like, There's always a time when one of the big teams falls away. Like, There was a time when no one would ever have a village Liverpool being outside the top two in England. And then there was a 15 year spell where they really weren't cont- competing at all. It tend to be a one-off though. I mean United are by no means back but they only were out of the Champions League for one year. Aren't they? Yeah, one year. So, yeah, so it looks like it could be another year. It, it could be two of three, and then if it if they don't improve again next year, it's three or four, and then suddenly United are not that team. They're not. They're not that Champions League team anymore. Like it happened to Liverpool. It, it happens to other teams in Europe. Leicester going through it right now. You can fall away. By example, probably, but Forest with two European Cup titles are now languishing in in the Championship and have been down in that area for the last fifteen years. It, it, it's possible that that could happen that United don't come back for a long time. I don't think that will happen to United because even if the Glaciers go, someone will come cough up the money and take over. United is such a big club. It's so marketable. But in terms of, like Chelsea could be in trouble if Abramovich leaves because... There's lots of clubs in London all this sort of stuff. Yeah. Whereas I think United are, like they have a history of... I think they're still the kind of what, third richest club like, in the world. They kind of swap between them and Madrid but they're, they're always in the top... Top five, say definitely. Oh, definitely. It doesn't yeah. necessarily guarantee victories. And, it and does guarantee stability, seen... though, and the, the money to try again if something doesn't work out. I, I totally agree. If the Glazers did decide to up sticks and leave, there wouldn't be a shortage of people going, I'll take over there and I'll. Oh, oh no, oh, then the club itself is, is financially stable. But the financially, financial stability doesn't necessarily guarantee. Gives you a better chance to go to City. It didn't hamper City or Chelsea. I know Chelsea are having a bad season right now. In general, mm. since the Brambridge came in, lots more titles, City, lots of titles. But if you look at United, it's, it's not one season. This is now three seasons where they've not been contending for the title. So well, that could come down to, well, probably should never have picked Moyes. That was Fergie's choice, no one else's. Oh, but there's reasons, but there's a, there's a different reason each season. And if if these three seasons become four or five, then suddenly that money stops coming in because the Adidas deal gets, gets shrunk because they're not in Champions League. The sponsorship around the world, this will get bring in lots of money, but they won't be competing with, with for talent with the likes of Barca, Munich, whoever's top of the Premier League, Real, PSG, Juventus maybe. And then once you fall away from getting attracting the big talent, then you can languish it for a number of seasons. Anyone in the Premier League is fighting for that talent at the moment. I think even the best clubs in the Premier League are looking for the next level down. 
the looking for the players at Munich and Bayern that aren't or, and Barca that are in the squad but aren't first teamers. Like when was the last time we signed like anyone in the Premier League signed a world class player that Ozil, the best teams? Ozil from Real Madrid. They let him go. Aguero is probably the last one because he a was player who came from Atletico Madrid. Didn't come from the top team. We're saying they let him go. They're all like Ozil was still kind of like. What do you mean? Do you, like, do you think Madrid were forced to sell him? Do you think Arsenal came in with a bit of Madrid? The way United like, were forced to sell Ronaldo. Exactly. The way Liverpool were forced. Do you to sell think Arsenal would have left if um, Madrid said we want you to stay? Yeah. No. That like that that was a. And, 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 and like when was the last time say any of the big teams in the Premier League were going up against a Barca or a Real and they won in terms of attracting the player? David de Gea. Don't get that fact machine. <laughs> It's been, a, it's been a while. It has been a while, yeah. And I, 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 mean, I suppose, do the leagues go in cycles? Because it was a few years when the Premiership was the top league. And Absolutely, yeah. Three or four seasons, it was like English clubs in the, in the Champions League final and stuff like that. I think Italy had their period of dominance. And mm-hmm. just hopefully it will, it will come back around. Because obviously, the money is a lot brighter now than it was back then. So it's a bigger gap to, to breach. Yeah, yeah, definitely, definitely. Just to wrap up the football... Um, there's the small matter of uh, Europa League on Thursday. Um, so we'll probably discuss this game in a bit more detail next week. But uh, just a very quick, uh, how you feeling? Um, <clears throat> it's, it's tough. We have won the last four against Liverpool. So that's something that's obviously going for us. But they're just inconsistent. And if you look at Liverpool's ability to play against good teams, they're very good this season in, in that regard. And if they can hit us on the counter-attack, I think first leg away from home is, might actually help us. Because it means that we're, if, if there's necessarily a bad result, you still go back to Old Trafford and fans will get behind the team. Stephen, what score would you take right now and what score do you think the game will be? Any result that's not a loss, I'll take. A score draw it would be better than the nil all. Nil all is one of those no one really wins because... I, I like a nil all draw for the home side. If you're the home side, it's a lot it better. Helps, than like a score draw will be a lot better for United. Then if if you go down, if you win a down away from home, it's it's difficult to get that goal. But I know it, it doesn't mean you qualify. I yeah, I'd be quietly confident, but it, it's tough to call. They're they're two very even teams. It depends on which Liverpool and which United show so up. No loss is what you're going for. I'd be happy with no loss. Yeah, nil all. Like I said. Favours no one in particular, I and mean, like Chris would be happy to take it. Can you give a bit more definitive answer? Four one United. I I take nil all. Yeah. Or obviously, if uh, we if we turn up like, like Klopp has has got us doing on occasion, then yeah. we could we could bring two or three to Old Trafford. But yeah, like I said, if we got a nil all, no away goals conceded, I'd be confident enough that if United were a bit more attacking in the second leg, we could play on the counter and be quite effective. Yeah. Yeah. Um. Ho- hoping for even a one 0 win would be nice, but keep a clean sheet's the most important for us. I'd say. Doesn't give Klopp two chances to get it right. Like you said, when Liverpool play well, they play very well, and if it doesn't work the first time, there's a second chance for them. And that's Does having and the that's, and that's you know, having the home leg second does that put more pressure on them? Let's say they're one 0 down, so they have to go out and attack, or is it? I don't. I don't think you really know until the end. Like there are pros and cons to playing home or away first, but. Yeah. You really don't know until the tie's over and you can say, 
Oh, we had a good, a good first result. Like if we had had them at home next. Yeah, I think the fact that we don't play at the weekend, we do have a break in between that could help us as well. So we play on Thursday night and then we don't play again until the second leg. Yeah, so you can focus solely on. Whereas that. United do have West Ham. Yeah, and that's a game you're not going to rest players in because there's a good chance of silverware for you. Exactly. Yeah. The one I need to point out is that this isn't a typical two-legged affair. This is two derbies. It's not going to be. King G caught his first half error. It's going to be oh, the atmosphere at Anfield exactly. and Old Trafford. So they could be two fantastic. fantastic games. Yeah. I, that's why I think not all of them. So it's six o'clock. The first one. No, no they're both eight o'clock. Yeah. 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 The second yeah. one was moved. It's a shame it's not in the Champions League, but I can't wait. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So first it's, time playing United the, in Europe. Like we've kind of been the crazy teased a couple of times, or like one of us has got knocked out the round before we're due to play. Yeah, yeah. I can't wait. First time we play United in Europe. It's going to be special. Going to be special. Um, so moving on, I think the biggest sporting event of the weekend was the UFC last weekend, and uh, some uh, major shocks. The UFC one ninety six. Mm. Two major shocks with uh, both champions either being submitted or, or going to sleep as a result of a submission. Yeah, should 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 Conor have gone to sleep? And I was getting a bit of a stick for this, um, especially because of the quotes he had, he had said. No, I like he said it before, and he he's tapped out before. I think. It's easy for anyone who's not in that situation. Yeah, he seemed to panic. I think that's the thing. He seemed to panic when he was on the ground. I heard an interview I think afterwards, and was it that he said that he realised kind of too late. He realised at the fight that the man could take the punches, whereas if he was down at 145 and stuff, the other guy would be knocked out. Mm. I think the panic came like on the feet when he went for the takedown. I think he was in trouble at yeah, that point. Yes, exactly. And then from there, like... You could see tr- during the fight that Nate was the much bigger guy, mm-hmm. but Connor was having a lot of success. Yeah. The problem was that he was putting all his eggs in one basket, trying to knock him out essentially with every shot. Yeah, he did tire, and Nate caught him with a, a nice left, a really nice left that shook him. And I think it was from there that I Connor. Think Nate said that's when he realised yeah. that he had him. Mm-hmm. Connor kind of backed up a little bit. I think the problem was that Connor was leaning a lot with his head and wasn't getting out of the way some of the shots. I think it was because of, it's the first time he's, he's been the smaller guy and he has to reach, so he has to put the extra effort involved to get, to get the punches to land. Which did he see his post. as well, yeah, that he, like he's, I think it's the first time with Daphne I've ever seen that he had to punch up. Mm, true. Like, and that's obviously a completely different thing. Like he, sometimes he was coming up short, like the uppercuts were just kind of missing. He just, the range was off. Yeah, yeah. Um, he probably, if he was to have it over again, Maybe he could have just outpointed Nate, like not try and knock him out, just do what he did in the first round. Cause he, jabs and stuff yeah, like exactly, just kind of win by points. But is then he, again, is he able to do that? No, hey, he found enough, but I mean, in his ego, him. he will do that. Well, the other thing is, as well, all it takes is we, we know now that if Nate catches him once and gets him to the ground, like we knew Nate was a superior um, BJJ fighter, but we didn't realize. The size, like how easy he was going to be able to transition, and just I think that it was, it's very rare to see that easy. Like he, he, he gave his back on the ground, like I've never seen before. It was like if you compare it to Holly Holm in, in the first one, Holly Holm's defense on the ground up up until the very last round was superb, and Connor just wasn't there. Absolutely, um, I think there were signs before, like I think against Mendez on the ground that maybe. Like, mm. I, don't, I don't think he was ever in the danger like he couldn't get up but he was safe but I think Mendez not really a submission fighter and he was happy to just do work in the guard but once a kind of a skilled opponent wanted to to go for the submission that 
Connor just wasn't able to defend against it. But I think at that stage as well, he was exhausted. I think if he had a, even got the fight standing up again, he probably would have been finished by strikes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, Connor seemed to earn a bit more respect from some of the haters, so to speak. Some of them. The way, he, the way he kind of carried himself after the fight as well. He was very dignified and very humble. He's like that after his victories as well. We have, yeah, we have seen that a number of times. It depends on, on what the audience is. At press conferences, at kind of the weigh-ins, yeah. he's he's the Connor that the, the showman. He's yeah, exactly. He's notorious. But you, when you see him in an interview, he's very not modest because I'd say he's not modest very often. But he's humble, respectful, respectful. Yeah, it's a fair word. He, he appreciates someone that gets in a cage and fights with him because yeah. he knows the sacrifice and the hard work it takes to get there. And in fairness, I've heard Diaz say one thing about him since afterwards. I think Diaz also has that respect for him. He knows he won. He knows. He shut him up, but there's no trash talking from the app. It's all come from. Right, I see the Twitter the Aldo yeah. put out. Like, sure, Connor's response was like, "That's a sign of a weak person. Like, he takes kind of joy in other people's losses rather than." Yeah, would, that, would that be two hundred? I think it'll either be him or Frankie. I mean, Connor has pretty much admitted like he has to go back to one forty-five yeah. now. I did see the Instagram post. He said though, he said he will see Nate again. Yeah, well, he's kind of. The rumour was that maybe Nate would get a shot at Dos Anjos now. But from what I've heard with the UFC today, Nate may get Robbie Lawler. Isn't that what they, what they said? That if Connor had, did, did Dana White say that if Connor had beaten Nate, that he was going to get Robbie Lawler? He probably would have done. He, I think Dana said it would be hard to deny him that. Yeah. Which I suppose, in another way of saying, yeah, that's, that's going to happen. But I think he's still fifth, though. Is in, in the rankings, he's fifth yeah. contender. So it's a big jump just because he beat... A, a, a featherweight but there's a, there'll be a lot of hype on him I think the Robbie Lawler one would be intriguing as well because I think the only time Robbie's been knocked out is by Nick Nate's older brother yeah. so like since that Robbie's gone on to win the welterweight title and be incredibly impressive in the pro so to fight the little brother like the only guy to knock you out <laughs> but there is, there's definitely a story there's a story there and they can sell that yeah, and then I suppose yeah. if, if, if let's say it was a 200 they can definitely sell Aldo McGregor again. And the, it depended on where it is, is like, or when it is, Nick's ban could be over. So you could have Nick in Nate's corner when he's going for the title. Yeah. Like it, There's lots of different things that they can do with it. Yeah, for the corner. Like, they go back and do the Aldo fight. Like, it's still going to do massive numbers. Oh, yeah. yeah. So. But who, but the question is for 200, is it, is it home or is it, if you assume it's Rousey, does Rousey get home? Does Rousey get Nate? I think Dana has said Rousey are, Misha's first defence will be against Rousey. It is. Because so I'm thinking, is it possible that home gets a chance to be the one contender first? No, I think initially Rousey was not due back until November. Yeah, that's... The rumours gone around now, is now that it's Misha and it's someone she's beaten twice, <laughs> will they be able to kind of tempt her back for 200? So when, when is 200? It is July, I think. July. First week in July. In, in Vegas, obviously. I think that's the, the opening of the new the MGM. Arena, yeah. yeah. So, what, so that's a, anyway, how big is that? I think 20,000 or something like that. Yeah. So, I think what's the MGM's around 14, so something like that, yeah. it's a decent chunk on top. Yeah, but, um, yeah, so lots of different ways you can go for 200 there anyway. Yeah, well, GSP was in the crowd as well, so that was <laughs> the other rumour going around that if Conor won, he might be fighting him yeah. at 200, of course, any kind of fighter in the crowd, the rumours were going around that Connor would have been fighting the next, like yeah, yeah, John John Jones, Brock Lesnar was there. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so is this um, is this going to 
it is obviously not. It, it, has it hampered Conor's career, or has it just been he tried fair play for trying? Will he go back fight there at all? What does this mean for? Is he still money? Does he still like box office for UFC? Absolutely, I think he's still the, the biggest star they have at the moment. I think, like you said, he got a lot of respect for stepping up. Yeah. Two weight classes, even though like people have argued Nate's a fifty-five or naturally, mm-hmm. he's still a, a much bigger guy. Someone with experience at welterweight. Yeah. Um. There's still massive fights for Conor. Like if Conor, say if Conor goes and beats Aldo, and then he beats Edgar, he might not even have to beat Edgar, but he could still next. He could then go back to Dos Anjos and they could do that fight. Yeah. It then comes down to his next fight. If if he wins his next fight, be it Edgar, be it Aldo, be it whoever. Then yeah, his star is still. It was it was a loss. He made it. He took a risk. He took a risk. And, it, and yeah. it, was, it was a brave thing to do. But if he loses, if he loses the title next, then then you'll you'll you must be cracks in himself because he's been so confident, so the ability to brush off losses. But if two of them come in a row, then apparently Diaz uh, was like almost on a yacht in Mexico when he got the call. Is this what I heard? On a yacht in Mexico, and then kind of had eleven days, kind of training for it he said he was like he's always in kind of shape shape but he, he does uh, he does triathlons with his brother so so he's, he's always in shape but he not necessarily fighting shape but he was in shape anyway so he took him with 11 days notice and then he kind of went did that and apparently he's back out in Mexico now with, with his half a million <laughs> so he might, might buy a yacht yeah, yeah, he actually did say that they were asking <laughs> what he was going to do with the money he said he's going to buy a yacht yeah <laughs> so, so apparently he was on a yacht that he was like rented for a while but now he might go and buy one <laughs> 11 days work half a million dollars and probably another half a million guaranteed in his next fight because his name has started star has risen that's the other thing like when when fights are signed and they go like they, they know how much they're going to make for the fight so some obviously get the the show and win so they don't know until the end how much exactly they're going to get mm. but they like they've got maybe three months before from when they sign the fight till they actually have it yeah. so they've got to pay like they've got to brand, like yeah, money for three months exactly, yeah. whereas like he had no camp yeah. So he has essentially eleven days worth of camp, and he's got like that entire payment. Yeah, that's what I mean, and that's why it was obviously a risk for his career to jump in on eleven days. But as well as having that risk, the reward is huge. Because, like you said, it 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 was a guaranteed half million, regardless. Yeah, no, no, no bonus. Yeah. just a straight up half a million. So even if you go into that and lose, that's, that's still an incredible two weeks work. So. You got a, You got an extra hundred thousand on top of that for fight for fight of the night and performance of the night. So. 600 grand 11 days and I, then I do that then you've got your discretionary bonus which is not disclosed so you could have ended up getting more on top of that as well quite possibly yeah so a, a good couple of weeks work for the absolutely end, mm-hmm. uh, and as well as that the fight that he's potentially going to get off of that could be worth even more exactly exactly all in all did you enjoy 196 I did um, disappointed with the the outcome definitely yeah. the main events the but the fights were enjoyable. I think the co-main was, the co-main was exciting. Superb, yeah. yeah, I love that. I, mean, I, I like Misha. I think the way she she fought back. I mean, she was, I'd say three rounds to one down. I gave her a ten eight in the second. So, but she was at best going to get a draw mm-hmm. in that on that fight unless she stopped it. Yeah. So I thought the way she I she kept going was incredible. In that last round, Game she, she basically she went look. Just this like, is my chance. I'm 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 throwing everything at it. If, if I get knocked out, if I get choked out in this in this round. I'm losing anyway. Pure determination. Yeah. I think like that was like Misha was probably five minutes away from never getting a shot at a title again in the UFC. Mm-hmm. So to pull it off and it was yeah. special. And he, even though Connor lost, like the fight was very exciting for the two minutes it lasted. Yeah. Yeah. Um, 
so hopefully he'll get back to winning ways. Probably probably will be a two hundred. I think he said that. Yeah. Um, you'd imagine it'll be Aldo, and then he can the, the hype train can get back on track. Exactly. It's just, it's just been derailed slightly. <laughs> one win, and he's he's just pretty much back in the same position he was before. He's still, he's still champion as well, which is, would like normally like yeah. you, you forget that. Yeah. 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 So he's still champion. Mm. So back and he has that going for him. And as he well. could be in in two by time. He could be. A champion at two weight. If 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 it goes the way planned and he fights Aldo or Edgar and then two oh three, two oh four can be against Ordier or, or Diaz if if that's how it, it breaks down. We we can sit in here in six months time and he can have two belts. So mm-hmm. fingers crossed. <laughs> <laughs> um moving on. Six Nations is back. Yay. It seems like it's been away a long time. Doesn't it? Uh, <laughs> it was, well, I think because we we have very little to play for that. Especially the hype is in Ireland. There is no, yeah. So, like, we're playing Italy this weekend, first game of the weekend. Yay. Um, so, <laughs> first win in the tournament. First win in the tournament, maybe for us. Yeah, I think if they don't, then for the first time, it's a bit under pressure. Will Joe experiment? I wouldn't say experiment. I think the time has been a lot of change. Yeah, if he goes with pretty much the same team as he did against England, he's still experimenting. So, true. But if you look, yeah, like, I think. Um, Van der Fleer was, was a new 15 coming in as well apparently Rob won't be playing yeah Rob didn't train today Redden didn't train so it looks like a new 15 did he go with Zeebo did he go with Payne I, I, I played Payne so did I I, I, I played Payne Keith McCluskey in there he did well yeah and it, plus it also allows you to put Henshaw at 30 which is a natural position they're a monster back rower coming into the squad that's what James Odinno it's just in, into the 35 for training I think it's to give him I think he's going to be in the squad in the next year or two it's to, it's to give him 10 days he goes to South Africa Potentially, is either that or else he'll be in the in November, the, no, the emerging oh, the, term, the emerging nations in in, in Georgia. Mm-hmm. Um, I think he's a very good for Munster. Played well in Europe, which, which obviously is a big testing ground for him. I think he's in the squad for ten days, and then Munster have a game next Friday, so he'll probably be released back then. But it's just to get him in the environment. He might go to South Africa, depends on, on who's fit. Like yeah. if O'Brien's out long term, then I thought O'Donnell takes that slot in, in, in the squad and then it's down to just bringing them through getting used to being in the environment yeah um, so you're going to this game aren't you Stephen? no I'm not no, no it's the Scotland, Scotland game Scotland game the Scotland game going to. but um, I suppose he's confident for finally getting the victory yeah I think so yeah, yeah. there'd be kind of reasons to be a little bit worried like some if it was in Italy mm-hmm. I think at home we should have too much I think as well as that Italy are, they tend to wind down at this stage of the tournament yeah plus two things one Martin Castro Giovanni isn't fit which is huge and two we haven't lost at home under Schmidt that's that's a very big stat in the Six Nations or ever yeah in the Six Nations I know the Welsh game was pretty close but if Italy turns over it'll be Probably the biggest upset in Six Nations history. It's a big show. Big show. Well, what's bigger? They've beaten Ireland in Italy. They've beaten France, I think, in Italy. Have they beaten them? If they beat France in France, it was one of the poor Welsh, or the poor French teams. When This is a very English no Irish squad. It is, but it's also the Irish squad that's won the Six Nations. The Six Nations years. champions, yeah. yeah. It's not gonna happen. No, I, I can't see it happening. Yeah. Score predictions. Our team, um, Ireland by eighteen. By fifteen. 
15. Cool, cool. Yeah. Yeah, uh, yeah so I was going to say, kind of two converted tries, I was like four by 14. Say 16 and a half. 16 and a half, just to get in there. <laughs> uh, I, I would say like two converted tries, comfortably, hopefully, get that there. Um, it was the biggest game of the weekend though, England v Wales, back in, uh, back in Twickenham again. And uh, I'd say England will be looking for revenge this time. That could be spectacular, it really could. England There's so many things on the line. Going for the Grand Slam and the Wales still going for the Six Nations title. Like England, four years in a row finishing second. They don't want to finish second again. That's a, and to come up against a side that essentially put them out of the the World Cup. England definitely have the toughest running home to Wales, away to France. I know France aren't the squad that they used to be and stuff like that. They're getting back. I think they've they've shown signs. I think the game against Wales shown they're not there yet. The game against Ireland shown. There's some kind of cohesiveness. Oh, like chances. True, but but in the past, we or the last few years, we still would have beaten France. I think the defense looks extremely uh, improved. Yes. Yeah. Well, England, the, won't, England won't rack up the score against no. them as they did last year. No. You can at least say that they're tough to break down now, even if they don't have the French flair behind the yeah the forwards at the moment. They yeah. do have a, a sevens winger, and if he gets the ball, he can <laughs> he can score one chance. Yeah, so it'll be it'll be uh, England Wales now. That, that's going to be the game of the weekend. It's the one we're all looking forward to. I suppose like we're all looking forward to Ireland, obviously, but the one that has the most right now. And then yeah, this, in is, terms this of, is like the derby game. Winner the probably weekend, takes so. it all. Yeah, I think if Wales win seven points from eight, and they've got Scotland, Scotland. Okay. No, we've got Scotland. They've got Italy. Italy in the last day, so Wales win. can lose and still win the championship. Wales know that if they if they don't win, it's over for them. So well, if they lose, that is the Wales playing Italy in the last yeah. game. If if, if they can, what is the mathematically? Mathematically, like, yes. Yeah. If, if England win, if England have the title wrapped up, they can't lose it, can they? The French yeah. can catch them on eight points. On points, the French Fra- can beat France France with a big enough. Yeah. Finish level yeah. on eight, exactly. So if England win, it sets up that game as a title decider. But I think you would need a big score turnaround. around. Go go. Um, so it's the Sunday game then just wrapping up the weekend Scotland at home to France Scotland with their first win now under Vern that could be a very tight game I think like I said, we said France are, there's, there's signs of progress there but they're not going to finish article by any type of imagination that win against Italy was huge just Scotland's last home game the tournament as well the fans will turn up fans will be up for it yeah and that game was only a close game like, yeah. it's not often the France run away with that I'm not going to predict an upset, but I wouldn't be surprised if, if Scotland somehow sneak that out. Yeah? Chris? No. I don't think that one. Seems that they are capable of it, but I just think that, that France, French side are dogged and scraping wins. I think there was a couple of decisions that went against them against Wales that probably should. Maybe Wales could have got definitely one yellow card that may have changed the game. Mm-hmm. Um I think France will have too much for Scotland, but it'll be close. I just think if I, if I was putting money on it outside of France. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, I agree, but is that something we need that wants to back Scotland for the last 18 months? <laughs> <laughs> like still after watching that uh, Scotland-Australia game with the World Cup, we still feel up on them as well. Yeah, that was... <sighs> I keep going back to that, but that was just such a heartbreaking loss. It was, it really was. Um, I suppose, just to, that, that's, that's enough uh, the rugby talk, I suppose, for this week. Um, just to wrap up, uh, so we couldn't talk this week without talking about the tennis, your beloved tennis, Stephen. Yeah, uh, had I watched him on her, was it her third title? In, exactly, yeah. yeah. The and, big news Andy, Murray, Andy Murray's through as well. That's all the tennis needs to talk about. <laughs> uh, yeah. The, 
Yeah, Maria Sharapova banned. Breaking Stop. news, Arsenal are now 1-0 up against Hull. Do we have a score for this? Uh, don't, not yet, don't know who scored just yet, but Arsenal 1-0 up. But anyway, back, Sharapova. Yeah. Banned um, from this, as of this weekend. Right, um, yeah. Suspended. Failed drug test, it's suspended, I think there's no ban yet, and he had like a couple of weeks to come down the line. Um, Giroud. Giroud, thank you. <laughs> yeah, for... And drug that was only on the ban list from January. So yeah. we, we, when you first when the first or the story first broke, and that was the line coming out of the Sharapova camp, I think a lot of people kind of went stupid, but but she not paid cheating. enough people. There should be enough people around her that should have gone. Oh yeah, no, look, this is this is banned. Exactly. Stop it. <laughs> it's like it's it's one of the first things a coach and a trainer should do in any sport now is to make sure if, if they're a professional athlete. Everything that goes into their body is legal. Mm-hmm. Because one one failed drug test can ruin a career. It can ruin, in her case, it'll cost her millions. And no, she like, lost a lot of sponsors. Yeah, like, gone, Ty Coyer, gone. Yeah. And, like, might, might come back, because then they've backed they back just and got well, and Williams, Serena Williams came out today, kind of saying, like, it was silly, but kind of backing her as well, kind of. It's silly if that's what it was. I think However, the, she's, the, she's the dark cloud over it is the fact that supposed specialists have come out saying, exactly. like, talking about why you would use this kind of drug and saying that it's usually used between a four to six week period mm-hmm. and she's been using it for 10, ten years. years. Yeah. Now, that's and not to say that like she hasn't been telling the truth but it just doesn't add up with the yeah. the usual uses for it. Yeah. Then again, like up until a couple of months ago it was legal so she wasn't doing anything wrong. But yeah. she also had the third athlete recent, and, and, since it was banned to, been, to fail a drug test for it. Yeah, they're not all using it for for medical reasons I think this is something where now again it could be something like Peyton Manning's HGH where it's it's being taken to get over an injury which it's still it's still it's still illegal it's still um, a failed drug test and should be a drug cheat but I I view that slightly differently as in if you're taking something to get back to to fitness as opposed to taking something to improve improve your performance yeah. they're, they're both still around I think she'll survive because She's she manages very well. Um, she's twenty eight, I think now. So you'd imagine there'll be two year ban. Two thirty. She can still come back and play. Um, I think she'll want to because I think no player wants her career with that. Exactly. If she can come back and somehow win a Grand Slam, that will be her legacy. That because people will forgive her because she's a tennis darling in, in that regard. She's a huge fan base around the world. She's got American support. She got Russian support. So. I'd see her coming back from this, but it it will dent her slightly. Yeah. Oh, it's just... I was shocked when I saw it. Like... I think, yeah, the other thing was with that, she should call the press conference. And I thought she was going to retire. I assume yeah, she was retiring exactly. because she's had lots of, of shoulder injuries over the last couple of years. Yeah. I think she only played three tournaments in seven months. That was the assumption that she's going to come out and go, look, I'm going to retire, focus on her sugar pova candies and... <laughs> her new chocolate line is coming down the, down the road um, like I said she'll survive this she's smart enough her camp her team are smart enough uh, they miss, well, they miss this, this yeah. her business acumen is, is will, will carry her through um, but she still couldn't beat Serena Williams <laughs> 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 this is the thing 20, is, it, is it 19 of 20 or 20 of 20 matches against Serena Williams she's lost in a row if she can't beat her on drugs and what they say about Serena Williams it's just it's an incredible performance yeah, that's a mental thing though as much as that else. it gets to a stage where it really is like oh shit like, like a, as good as Serena is like 
Sharapova was good enough in her day to have beaten her a couple of times. Oh, yeah, no, yeah, yeah. There's, there's definitely a, a mental weakness there, even with this. Well, it's, it's like when people get into the court now, it's serious. Some, some people lose before they get out of the court with it. Yeah, and that's the aura. So, it's like when United, when they were like back in the heyday in the 90s and stuff, it was mm. like they lost it in the tunnel when they were waiting to go out and stuff. I think Serena has kept that aura. Yeah. Like for over a decade. And that's hugely impressive. Some people have it for a number of years and then they begin to wane. She still has it. She's still winning. Obviously, she's winning Australian Open, so she's. She has three of the four. Does she hold all four potentially now? All four grand slams? No, no, she doesn't. No. no. Three of the four, I think. So, But even so, she's still the dominant woman in, yeah. in tennis for over a decade. And Jared couldn't get through that, even with drugs. Yeah, exactly. So it's time to wrap up this week's episode. Um, we'll post our bet of the week on Twitter and Facebook and stuff uh, later on the week before yep. this weekend's Premier League games. But um, just to wrap it up, the question Which club has received the most red cards in the Premiership? I think I know it, so do you want to go first? I'll go. I think you may have asked this before. Yeah, I'm thinking that too. I did. I think you have. I think this is a pretty good question. I'm awful if that is the case. <laughs> In that case, Blackburn? You know Blackburn's are? Uh, See, I think, because what came up to me is like, I came and answered my head, and then I think I answered this before and I got it wrong for it. Okay. So what are you going with? I'm going with Blackburn. Blackburn? No, it's not Blackburn. So it's Everton? I was going. I, see, I initially thought Arsenal, but then I remembered that. Arsenal are second at 79, <laughs> and Everton at 80. So is that only so from Rallis? That's only from Rallis. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, so I don't think it's. I don't think I did ask this one. I'd probably ask something very similar. <laughs> yeah. I'll have to have a look at that. I'll have a look, yeah, have a look <laughs> at that. I really need to go to this website now that I'm asking these guys. Go <laughs> open the website, don't worry. But uh, anyway, yeah, so. That's a point for me. Unless we find the question on the website. No, then you should point for me and Stephen. No, if it was the question there, no, you should have got that. Even worse for us. Yeah, it would have worse for you guys. Um, but yeah, so cheers for joining us again another week. Um, we're off to uh, go listen to some music and grab some food. So uh, God, thanks, I'm Chris. Hungry. Thanks, Stephen. Thank you. Talk to you later. Talk to you later. See you. get up one more round. Get up, you son of a bitch! Making love.